And a one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the Live Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and I am here today again with Brother Tyler. Hello. And we are going to continue with our Bible reading reflection. We are up to week 27, and uh, we are in Job, the book of Job and the book of Acts, and uh, so much incredible uh, material uh, to cover and that we have been covering in both these books. just fascinating stuff on both ends and kind of uh, (laughs) uh, covering a lot of ground uh, between these two. And uh, it's been really great and uh, excited to get back into it today. So today we will do uh, Job 22, I think was where we left off, to 42. So we'll finish up Job and then we'll do Acts 11 through 14. Sounds good? Awesome. Okay, so we got um, quite a bit here. I'd like to start today in Acts. Last time we started in Job first. So let's go through Acts. So if you'll remember, um, Peter had just had the whole experience where uh, he had a vision uh, from God. Yeah. With the sheet coming down. Get up, kill, and eat. Yeah, and uh, Cornelius, the Gentile centurion, also had a vision. Uh, an angel appeared and uh, told him to go get Peter. And this incredible experience of, of basically a revival breaking out in Cornelius's home. And so, so that was where we left off in 10. And... Um, Cornelius and his whole family were baptized, and so um, we'll start off in 11 here. Now the apostles have now heard the the Gentiles are uh, Big news. accepting the word of God, <laughs> yeah. and uh, this is a major, major shift uh, in the trajectory of... Uh, yeah, you're talking thousands of years human of conditioning <laughs> yeah. of Israel only. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's an inclusive, centripetal deal. Yes. So it's a huge a huge shift, so they are taking issue with it, saying, what's what's happening here? Uh, you went... <laughs> Explain yourself, Peter. <laughs> well, it's funny because they say, you went and shared a meal with them. Mm. You're not You're not even supposed to share a meal with them. Yeah, or let them into your house, or go into their house. Yeah, Yeah. let alone uh, uh, join join together with them. Yeah, Uh, and uh, so Peter explains everything that happened with his his vision and the sheet coming down, and and how the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius and his whole house. Awesome. And amazingly, they hear it and they praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's as much a they, miracle as anything. They, they can't c- help it. They're like, well, wait a minute. They apparently experienced the same thing we did. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the spirit because they could have. Obviously, yeah. there were a lot of uh, uh, Jewish people there who did not want this going. No, and we're going to hear from them going again. Rogue. They're going to show um, back up. So amazingly, they are excited about this. Um. So let's see. So. Uh, 
they praise the Lord. They're excited. God is, they say, God has granted the Gentiles repentance that leads mm-hmm. to life. Um, so it, it also talks about how when they had spread out uh, because of the persecution in Jerusalem, they had spread out to all these other cities. In Antioch specifically, uh, the gospel was preached to Gentiles there as well. Um, right. Peter Peter's the sort of a catalyst, but it it sounds like it happened elsewhere. Uh, well, it did. Uh, so Antioch to the Gentile uh, Greeks and preached to them, and there was a great number that believed. Uh, so they send Barnabas to Antioch, and he rejoices over what's happening, and he preaches there in Antioch, and uh, they are growing in numbers there. Uh, so at that time, Barnabas goes to Tarsus to look for Saul, and he also brings him to Antioch. I love that. He had to go get him. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Saul is is always um, kind of stirring up trouble. So yeah. Who He's knows little, what's uh, going on? Dynamic dude. He had to go get him <laughs> and uh, track him down. Whatever. So they doing. teach. They teach Paul, uh, Saul. They're still calling him Saul here. Saul and Barnabas yeah. for a year. And uh, interesting side note: Antioch is where the disciples were first called Christians. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think it's one of only two times in the entire Bible the words used. Yeah, I think Peter, one of his letters, he uses it once. That's awesome. Yeah, Antioch kind of was a little bit of a Christian headquarters too. Yeah, jumping off mm-hmm. spot, and they talk about how a prophet from Jerusalem came to Antioch. He predicts a famine's going to come, uh, so the disciples get together and uh, collect money and uh, send relief to the brothers in Judea. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I love that too because you see that in Paul's letters too. I love it. You see how Acts is a real historical document. Yeah, and it gets verified in some of Paul's letters. He talks about these offerings, and you know that that I think he mentions in Galatians that they it just asks that he remember the poor, and that was the one thing he wanted to do. And talking yeah. about these things, and Church of Corinth, he's like pulling on them, like, "Hey, guys, you gotta step up, get involved in this. People need your help." Yeah, and that and and that crosses over. This is what they're talking about. Yeah, here, yeah, and uh, twelve. Uh, we have a story about King Herod. Uh, he starts persecuting the church. He executes James, the brother of John, uh, and it pleases the other Jews there. So he decides to go after Peter as well. He has Peter arrested and uh, put in prison on the night before Herod is going to bring him to trial. It says the church was praying earnestly for him. Uh, Peter is in chains between two guards, mm. sleeping. An angel shows up, uh, shining light into the prison cell. Uh, different versions, it says, hits him, strikes him, yeah. maybe taps him on the shoulder. I don't know. He shook him and woke him up, wakes him up, says, get up quickly. Yeah, struck him. And, uh, yeah. Says, struck Peter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his chains fall off immediately. He must have been naked because he says, put on your clothes. Yeah, Follow me. Probably hot in there. And uh, it's funny. Pete, this this whole scene kind of made me laugh. Uh, but Peter Peter thinks it's a dream. 
he doesn't really <clears> know what's <throat> happening, that it's even for real. Yeah. So they're walking through the whole prison, the gates are just opening themselves, and it says he, he doesn't uh, come to himself until he's outside. And the angels disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> he realized it's yeah. really oh. happened. Yeah, I got to thinking too. Like, I, maybe that has something to do with what just happened a couple of chapters earlier, where he had the vision with the sheet coming down, mm. and yeah. maybe just thought this was another one of those deals. Yeah. Well, he's also asleep. He yeah, could be like, like half out of it. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he, yeah, he's he's sleepwalking, naked and afraid. <laughs> and so he goes to to where the believers are staying. And he knocks on the door, and a girl comes and answers. The best. And she's so excited, she runs back uh, to tell the others, but she doesn't let him in. And so he's just stuck there waiting, knocking on the door. And she tells the others, and they say you're crazy. And finally they hear Peter uh, knocking, and they let him in, and everyone's astonished. And uh, yeah, and I love it too. They said, um, they said here it said she kept insisting it was Peter, and they kept saying it's his angel. Oh, boy. yeah, <laughs> which makes sense because they were praying for Peter. I know, and I'm sure they were trusting God and having faith in his deliverance, but they also knew that James had just been killed and that things looked pretty bad for oh, Peter. Wow. So I think that might have been playing in there a little bit. Like they just thought, well, they got Peter too. And so here's his angel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she just leaves him at the door. <laughs> That's fascinating. Uh, I don't know. That whole scene struck me as hilarious because oh, it's, it's all this miraculous stuff yes. and also just totally just, uh, I don't know. Oh, Luke's He's a, half asleep. He's Luke's naked. Luke's a brilliant storyteller. The, the girl leaves him there. It's like, it's like a, I don't know. I think a Wes Anderson movie or something. No, totally. And so... Herod is furious. Uh, he uh, takes the guards who were there to to be executed. Um, yeah. And so then it goes into a story here about Herod is in a fight with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and uh, they need food, and uh, but they need uh, the food that Herod can supply them. So they ask for peace. He's going to supply them with food. They come to some some sort of deal, and he decides to have this big day where he's going to give a speech, and he dresses in his royal robes, and they have, like, a thing that he's set up on and he sits on, and uh, as he starts giving the speech, the people start chanting, this is the voice of God, not a man. Mm. And um, we see we see this come up a couple other times, uh, with the apostles, it's kind of a, uh, a contrast here, uh, where people think they are gods. Yeah. And, uh, we talked about that with Peter, uh, at Cornelius's house. He tried to worship him. Yeah. And he then, says, I'm just a man. And then it happens later on with, uh, Saul and Barnabas as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, Mr. Herod seems to accept it gladly. And, he uh, he did not give the glory to God. Yeah. And immediately an angel strikes Herod down because he did not give glory to God, and he is eaten by worms. Mm. Um, Lovely. And, yeah, pretty pretty intense. And it says the gospel keeps spreading and uh, increasing in believers. Uh, Saul and Barnabas return to Jerusalem and bring along John Mark. Hear about more of him later. 
13. Uh, let's see. This is where we start off in um, uh, Saul and Barnabas are going to be sent off on their on their mission work. Uh, really establishing the church around kind of the known world. Yeah. Their, their known world to the ends of the earth as far as they knew it. Um, there were prophets and teachers. It lists several of them. It's it's interesting. Some of them are, are from Africa. Mm. Uh, one is a close childhood friend of Herod, it says. Yeah. Uh, and that's really interesting. And when, I, when I'm studying this, it says that he was probably a almost like a family member, like raised by the same wet nurse kind mm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of closeness. Yeah. Uh, so they're fasting and praying and led by the Spirit to send uh, or to set out Saul and Barnabas on on their mission. Uh, so first of all, they go to uh, a city in Cyprus. I love that too. Sent out by the Holy Spirit. It's always the Holy Spirit yeah. leading and guiding. It's first and foremost throughout Acts. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. They begin, uh, this is kind of the pattern, they start preaching in the mm. synagogues first. Yes. And then they uh, end up preaching across the whole island. Um, I love that because it me- immediately makes you think of uh, Romans one sixteen, where Paul says, uh, uh, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is God's power for salvation to those who would believe uh, to the Jew first, yeah. And then also to the Greek or to the Gentile. Yeah. And you see that exact pattern here. Yeah. They would go to the Jew first in the synagogues. Yeah. And then when they would reject them, they'd say, all right, we're moving on to the Gentiles. Yeah. And oftentimes they would uh, embrace it. Yeah. And some of the Jewish people would too. Yeah. But it was definitely a pattern. And I just love that you see that throughout the just the consistency there in the New Testament. Yeah. Cool. They always explain this time of... Uh, where they went, it was either revival or riots or yeah. sometimes both. <laughs> yeah, maybe a <laughs> <little> combo. <laughs> it's usually not like a mild response. Like, no. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like it insp- insane. It inspires something <laughs> intense. Yeah. Okay, so they're um, preaching in, uh, in Cyprus. Mm-hmm. They run into a man named Bar-Jesus, which we were talking about. That's kind of like a... Uh, his stage name or something. He's a magician. He's a Jewish uh, false prophet who is influencing uh, the people there and specifically the like a government council. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has sway on. Uh, so th- somehow Saul and Barnabas, well, because of the revival that's going on, people are, are uh, coming to believe they are called before this government council there in Cyprus and they start to preach to them, but uh, Bar Jesus or Elymas, they mm-hmm. call him different things, tries Ma- magician. They say the false m- prophet slash magician. Yeah, the magician. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tries to turn the council away from them. Yeah, and uh, um, Paul's not having it. Paul looks straight at him and confronts him and calls him out. Mm. He calls him a, "You're an enemy of the righteous." And um, it's kind of what we're talking about. Where they go, it, it, uh, it's explosive. It's intense. And listen, this is so cool. This What you just read there, that verse, it gets translated a lot, stared straight at him. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same phrase used earlier with Peter. And it means uh, the actual Greek is gazed intently. 
like it's like a total like stare down stare down yeah. like i'm i'm getting inside of you yeah and what's inside of me the holy spirit is going to beat what's inside of you it's it's in, intense and awesome yeah incredible and so um <laughs> you son of the devil yeah he calls him out hardcore <laughs> and then he says you're going to be blind for a time mm. and uh, the magician immediately becomes blind uh, the council sees this. Oh, dude, what a rabbit hole to top down there is exactly what happened to Paul. Yeah, yeah. His conversion experience. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's incredible. And they're astounded, and they come to believe the teaching. Mm. It, it also reminds me of um, awesome. Egypt with Pharaoh, where yes. it's like a dueling yes. powers going on. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, they're keeping up. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so they continue on. They go by sea uh, to... Uh, he knows how to say these things. Goodness. Paphos, Pamphylia, it's a, Perga. It's a part of Asia somewhere there. Uh, but here, uh, John, Mark, leaves them and returns to Jerusalem. Uh, he kind of left them high this and dry This will create there. some baggage later. Yeah. Um, which will come up. But they continue on without him. Uh, but special note there, Brother John is out. And so they keep on going. They go to Pisadia and Antioch. Um, Paul is asked to give an exhortation. Mm. Again, they're in the synagogue. And here, I love this. This is why yes. I keep geeking out about this. But the, the early apostles, they... Um, it's a it they're very they're obviously all Jewish or or they're Jewish and they they are um it, it it's so part of them to tell their story yeah and they're steeped in the scriptures yeah, yeah. and just yeah and and so the overarching story what he does very similar to Stephen uh yeah. he he starts with the 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 story of Israel mm -hmm. the, the Hebrew people. Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes all the way back to, um, uh, he he talks about how they were chosen, talking about Abraham, and and then they end up foreigners in Egypt, the wilderness, Canaan, uh, how they fought their way into Canaan, and uh, he says this. Uh, how long it took? Took 450 years. Then they were given judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. So he he's steeped in this. He knows. He knows this by heart. He's just standing up, giving them, yeah. giving them the story, and they would all understand exactly what he's talking about. Uh, so from Samuel, they got a king, uh, and they gave God gave him Saul, and then they got David, the next king, and he was a man after God's own heart. And he's also quoting quoting scriptures in and out here. Yeah, uh, and. David uh, was able to accomplish the will of God for Israel. And from the descendants of David, God brought to Israel their promised Savior, Jesus. Uh, so a lot of that lineage and stuff uh, that we've been over as we've been reading through the, the Old Testament is really important because this is, this is really integral to the gospel, especially that they're preaching to the Jewish people. To explain, right? To connect all the dots and where how Jesus fits into this, who he is, yeah. 
And then he talked about John, how John led the way. And um, he says the message of salvation is here, but without knowing it, uh, Jerusalem, uh, um, the, the people there condemned him. They didn't recognize him, sentenced him to death. They was crucified, buried, but God raised him up. And Jesus appeared to the disciples. Yeah. It's, and the, it's awesome literally the whole story. The whole story, but he's also leading it right up to him right now. Yeah. It's almost like Peter telling the Brilliant. Cornelius story. Well, first this happened, mm-hmm. then this happened, and then it's all the way up. And uh, that Jesus appeared to his disciples and their witnesses to everyone, and he told us to proclaim the good news. And so that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And here's that's the good news. Yeah. And he he really gets on this. Uh, part about David, I will give you the holy promise made to David, mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating. And he talks about how he won't permit him to uh, experience decay. Yeah, but David died. But David did. That's yeah. like his sticking point. Mm-hmm. Like you guys know, David died. What is this about then? That he's not going to decay because it's not. It's about Jesus. It's not about David. Um, and so the people. Um, the people are uh, astonished. They're interested. They want to hear more. They start following Paul and Barnabas. And the next day, almost, they have an assembly and almost the whole city comes together to hear them. (laughs) And the other Jews, the leaders there, they see the crowds and they're jealous. Um, And they start contradicting them, um, which is what happened to Jesus as well yeah. uh but Paul, which is interesting too the actual greek is a uh, says they were blaspheming them mm. which i find really fascinating yeah that's interesting because he warned them actually at the end of his speech there be careful not to scoff at the work of god yeah uh, uh he he quotes the scripture there where the prophets warn about that and that's exactly so their reaction the is that yes. <laughs> he kind of knew what was coming mm-hmm. i think because uh, they have this uh, similar experience wherever they go, really. Uh, so they respond courageously. They say it's necessary for us to uh, speak the word of God to you first. But since you reject it, we will preach it to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. God has commanded us to be light to the Gentiles, to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Uh, I love this. When the Gentiles heard this, they began to rejoice. Hey, good news. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> They're excited. <laughs> the other people are mad. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, and I it love says it. the word of the Lord spread through the region. Uh, but the Jewish people there who were not happy about that influenced the men and women who are sort of uh, prominent in mm-hmm. the city. And they right. stir resources. Up, they stir up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and they get them thrown out of the region. They shake the dust off their feet and protest, and they go on to Iconium. Yeah, but then in the old tag, and they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I love it. Just can't be can't be kept down. Yeah. Uh, so we get into fourteen. Um, it talks about how they are speaking in the synagogues in Iconium. Uh, again, the Jews refuse to believe. They stir mm. up the Gentiles against them. Uh, but Paul and Barnabas keep speaking courageously. I love this. They are just, um, 
I, I think supernaturally courageous yeah. at this point. There is really a, a, a spirit and an anointing on these guys that came from what we talked about earlier. When they were sent off, something came on them. Yeah. Uh, they were set apart and anointed for it. Signs and miracles happen. Uh, it says, but the city is divided. It's like a revival slash riot. Mm-hmm. And they try to stone them. And so Paul and Barnabas hear about it, and they uh, sneak away. They flee to Lystra, and they preach there. Uh, When they get there, there's a lame man uh, who can't use his feet, who is is, uh, healed. Paul speaks with a loud voice, says, stand upright. It says there again, Paul stared intently at him. Mm. That's awesome. And saw he had faith to be healed. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, people see this and hear about this, and mm-hmm. they start shouting, uh, the gods have come among us in human form. This is what I was talking about earlier. Yes. Uh, they try to worship him. Uh, they call uh, Paul and Barnabas gods, Zeus and Hermes, and they try, even try to offer sacrifices to them. They are like getting they the brought, whole deal They brought together. bulls. Yeah, they're ready to go. And my, my favorite... One of my favorite uh, things in scriptures, Paul and Barnabas tear their clothes and rush out into the crowd shouting. Uh, the expression back then when you're really excited or, or angry is to tear your clothes. Mm. And so uh, they go out, they tell them, we are just men like you. They proclaim the good news that you should turn to the living God. It's funny, at the end there it says, but it was hard to, for them to persuade the crowd. Even then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not really listening. Yeah. There's something, I don't know, though. There's something about it that's kind of neat to me that even though they got it wrong, they were still kind of on the right track. Like they were just appropriating what they knew. Yeah. They were in that region, that cult practice that they were part of. Those are the gods they yeah. knew prior and so they were just naturally going to associate that with these guys. Like, yeah, oh, that must be this. It was almost like a way of honoring. Yeah. It was a way of honoring them. And I can't wait. My One of my favorites is Acts 17. And Paul's going to get into that at Athens mm. with all the different gods they worship and identifying to them that unknown God that is the true living God. Right. But this is what they knew. This is where they lived. Yeah. This was their world, these multiple gods and these yeah. multiple cults. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, this must, <laughs> this obviously, this is Zeus and Hermes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it uh, keeps going there. The Jews come from Antioch. Uh, they're following them. And they come there and they win over the crowds against them. Mm. They sort of change things around. And they actually s- stone Paul. And drag him out of the city. They think he's dead. They leave him for dead. Uh, the disciples go and get him, and they, they find that he is alive. And he and Barnabas leave for Deborah? Deborah? I don't know. Uh, so they preach there. Th- so they just keep on going. Uh, Paul was literally, or Saul, <laughs> half dead. <laughs> Energizer bunny. Yeah. Indestructible. They preach there. Many come to believe. They travel back to Lystra, Iconium, and then to Antioch. 
to encourage the believers there. Uh, they know, they talk about it. They say, we know we're going to have to go through many persecutions. Um, they appoint elders for the various churches. Really, we're seeing the establishment of the, the church. Mm. Uh, that's what's happening. Uh, they move on to several other cities. Pisidia, Pamphylia, Perga, Italia. Then back to Antioch, where they report all the things God has done on their trip and how God has opened the doors of faith to the Gentiles. And uh, yeah, and I love this too. This is like all goes back to, to Paul, Saul, Paul's conversion story. This is exactly what Jesus said to him. Mm-hmm. He said, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before Gentiles and kings and the people of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Wow. It's already yeah. happening. Like they, that's pretty quick fulfillment. Yeah. Incredible. So we'll leave off there. Uh, I know the reading has 15 in there, but that's a good stopping point for us uh, for this week. And we'll uh, start back up on Acts 15 next week. So let's jump over to Brother Job. Uh, I think we left off at 21 last time. Uh, We'll start at 22 this time. Uh, So he's still going back and forth with his friends. Uh, now we're at Eliphaz is answering. Um, he's questioning, uh, does God God need a strong man? Does he really, what good is a wise man to God? Um, is God judging you for being righteous? You have done great evil because you took things from the poor. Uh, you took their clothes and didn't give them water. You sent widows away empty-handed and hurt the orf- orphans. That's why this is on you. So he's accusing Job of some pretty intense stuff here. And false yeah, accusations. It's not even too. true because uh, Job talks about how he did the exact opposite, yeah, actually. Yeah, he did good. Uh, talks about how great God is. How, how could you know or understand him? Uh, the innocent rejoice at the destruction of the, the evil. Um, get rid of your wicked behavior and give away your gold and silver when you repent, you'll be able to help others. Uh, so he's accusing him of uh, oppressing the poor, not giving. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's a continuing theme of uh, employing him to just go ahead and confess his sin yeah. and repent. Yeah. And uh, so Job answers him. Um, <laughs> in 23, I still have a complaint against God and want to bring my case before his judgment. Uh, so he's he's growing tired of his friends now. He's little, to little talk bit straight to God now. Yeah, they he just wants keep a, he wants his day in court. <laughs> yeah, I look for God and I cannot find Him. I have followed His command and treasured His words more than my own. Uh, but God does whatever He wants. Uh, but I won't be silent, even though I'm in terror. Uh, he continues in twenty four. Uh, why is God not interested in what's going on on earth? Um, yeah. He talks about how people treat orphans and widows and the needy unjustly and oppress them. And uh, God is, uh, those who do evil. Uh, but it's weird. He goes back and forth. Sometimes he'll, then he'll say, but God is watching and 
Um, uh, those who do evil feel secure for a little while, but they will be brought low. So they're kind of mm-hmm. saying the same things sometimes. Yeah. That evil people will be brought low. Mm-hmm. But Even if it's just wishful thinking. But he's saying, I'm points. not them. I'm not that right. person. He will bring them low, but I yeah. didn't do it. So. Uh, well, he's complained earlier from last week's podcast that God's not, you know, condemning or judging the wicked. Yeah. They're getting off with whatever. Yeah, so they're getting away with it. He's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Which is what someone's like when they're going through it. Yeah. You know, that's totally. how we do. <laughs> totally. We are all over I, the place. I, I gotta tell I really... Um, it's not just I relate to Joe, but I appreciate the honesty of, of the way he, even in that, even in that, what we're talking about, that kind of schizophrenic challenging God and then yeah. knowing, well, and hold and on, trying to, to respect him and, you and know. hold on to that thought for when we get to Yahweh's speeches, because I think that's exactly what God's thinking too. Yeah. When he declares him in the right because of what you just said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's because he does come back. Yeah. You know, around. He's not. T- uh, yeah. Okay. We'll keep going here. Now we're at Bildad, uh, Bilbo Baggins' brother. <laughs> uh, Bildad. He answers. He says, God is awesome in might and strength. Who can be righteous before him? Uh, he talks about, it's interesting, if nature itself is corrupt, how much more are humans corrupt? Mm. Uh, he's not really wrong. Uh, like so many of the, <laughs> of Job's friends, there's all this little pockets of truth and it's you got to be careful yeah because you can latch on to them because they do hit on some things which is really interesting when it ends which is my favorite yeah how that how that all uh how much less a mortal man who is but a maggot (laughs) a son of man who is only a worm yeah even the dead spirits fear god god Mm. made the stars and the clouds um which which i i uh god talks about that he stills the sea. That's just like his whole speech comes mm-hmm. back around. Uh, I love it. it we'll even, get there. He even I want to rush it. ahead. He even says it. But his wisdom, he cut Rahab, the chaos sea monster, to pieces. Uh, they, they talk, I'm talking about these monsters, these ca- monsters yeah. of chaos. Um, and I love, and we'll see it with God's speeches too. I love how they just weave in and out of the... Natural and the mythological. Yeah. They just reconcile them together. Right. It's yeah, just it's in really their thinking. Cool. It's just the same thing. Um, so basically, he's he's saying how amazing and awesome God is. Who yeah. could understand him? Who can understand this thunder of his power? And uh, 27, Job uh, takes up arguing again his innocence. Mm. Uh yeah, and he's getting he's getting testy. As long as I am Sh- alive, surely as God lives, who has denied me justice? Mm. The Almighty, who has made my life bitter. Yeah, the one that was, I, I will keep my integrity and say you, meaning God, is wrong. Mm. <laughs> uh, what hope do the godless have when they die? Will God answer their prayers? The wicked will inherit death on their children and plagues. His fortune will turn to dust. His wealth will go in a flash. Uh, 28. Um, he's, he, he's being really poetic about um, wisdom here. Yes. And searching for wisdom, uh, almost like a miner. 
or uh, uh, somebody searching for precious stones and copper, kind of like a proverb. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. And the verse five in this one's one of my favorites. The earth from which food comes is overturned below as though by fire. Mm. Almost like this uh, imagining of just this under the under the earth, just f- fire churning, making these things happen. Almost like a, it makes you think of Lord of the Rings, the bad guys. The you know, yep. talking about where they have all the stuff below ground. Oh yeah, yeah. They're or they're making all their stuff and yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so he goes through that. Uh, only God knows. And um, yes, and I love how and he says, "Fear the Lord in yes. His wisdom." Yeah, it's like it's. I th- believe it's Proverbs one. He ends that whole Job twenty eight with the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Yeah, and uh, looking at it, it it it's also kind of similar to the Psalms in the way. David laments, yeah, and then turns around at the end. Some of them, some of these, yeah, are. Uh, yeah. If you see that very little in Job, you see it a lot in the Psalms. Yeah, a l- I would say the majority of the Psalms end on an up note. It could be like seventy-four verses of just despair and lamenting, and then yeah. the final verse. But I will trust God. Yeah, His mercy endures forever. Yeah. Uh, so 29, Job is recalling his former days. I love 29, 30, and 31. I just love. God was they kind of go together. Protection was on him. Um, yeah, it's the good old days, the salad days for Job. I love it. There's one part where it, it's, it's, it says his steps were bathed in butter. Ooh. The day, those days were smooth as butter. And the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. Yeah. He was living the good life. He really yeah. was. Uh, the, yeah. The, the good, good old days. He had a seat of prominence out in the public square. But this is where he talks about it. He says, I helped the poor, the orphan, and the widow. Yeah. I stopped the wicked. He did what was right. People listened and respected me. Yeah. I lived like a king. Yeah. I was a father to the needy. Yeah. I broke the fangs of the wicked. Yeah. Um, 30, uh, we yeah, take a turn. Back to the reality check. Yeah, but now they mock me. The people who respected him now mock him. Uh, they're useless to me. Now the poor orphan and the widow are oppressed because I'm not able to help them. Uh, the young people dishonor me. Uh, my pain never ceases. God is cruel to me. Um, I love it. At the end there, he talks about basically playing the blues. Uh, oh my gosh! Spe- this my passage. harp is now for mourning, and my flute is for weeping. Yes, and right before that, I have to read this. It, this to really show you just Job's despondency and desperation. Seventeen to twenty-three. This is this is where he is. Night pierces my bones; my gnawing pains never cease. With great power, God grasps my clothing. He binds me like the collar of my tunic. He has flung me into the mud. And I have come to resemble dust and ashes. I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you only look at me. You have become cruel to me. With the strength of your hand, you attack me. You pick me up on the wind and make me ride on it. You toss me about in the storm. I know that you are bringing me to death, Mm. to the meeting place of all the living. I mean, that is intense. That is some intense lamenting right there. Yeah. This is where Job is at. Yeah. And uh, 
Yes, he said. <laughs> Those are his blues. Yeah. His harp used for mourning and his flute the sound of weeping. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But Jeff, um, Jethro Tall. I love it, though. I, I, I appreciate his honesty, even though it's, uh, he's despairing. He's totally giving in to it, yeah. too. He's riding. He's letting it go. He's he letting is. it rip and piling it on. And I think so much of this stuff gets taken on face value out of context. And if you could just, at least in your mind, just think of adding the adding the phrase "it seemed to me like," mm-hmm. you know, yeah, this is what it felt like. This is what it seemed like God was doing to him. Yeah, yeah, for real skis. Yeah, and um, but then again, he turns. Does God not see I have had integrity? I have nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong to my neighbors and my servants. I've always give, given to the needy when I was young. Mm. I wasn't greedy. I didn't put my trust in wealth. He's back to his defense case. Yeah, I've I've never done harm to a man, a beast, or to the land. Um, and a really intense passage in this. He goes into how he hasn't coveted a, another woman. Or had adulterous thoughts, mm-hmm. and even says, "If if I have, he offers his wife up for the same outcome." I mean, that's that's intense. Yeah. Um. Now we get to thirty-two. A new person shows up. Uh, yeah, I googled it, the pronunciation, and just we're going on Google here. All right, Elihu. 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 All right, I'll take it. Yeah, which uh, I think's fitting because to me his speeches sound like. Someone who says anywho, anywho, <laughs> listen to me. Yeah, he, he made this Elihu made me think of my kid when he was younger. He would talk to me and and say something, and I would respond, and he would just wait for me to be done, and then just say anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like when you listen to me. Anyway, I feel like way with Elihu. He's <laughs> just like, um, look, listen Anyways. to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Are you guys done yet? Yeah. Actually, here's he, my two cents. He, he basically says that yeah. because he's younger. Uh, talks about how he's younger. He says he, he was waiting for the older ones to finish. He had to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you guys have run out of steam. Anyway, here I come. Anyway, like I was saying, <laughs> done. Uh, <laughs> let me drop some wisdom on you. Totally. Uh, so he's angry with Job for justifying himself. Uh. But first, he he has to justify himself. He talks about how God doesn't uh, make people wise by their age. The Spirit is with me. Um, he's basically telling Job God is speaking through him, to him. Uh, but he he uh, he tells him he's speaking sincerely to him. I've heard all that you said. Why are you contending against God? Um, God can re- reveal and warn you about your sin and your dreams. Uh, God will, again, uh, God will be gracious to the man who admits his sin and not punish him what he is due. Uh, he's, it's similar as the other guys, really. Yeah, and I feel uh, like there was a part in here, too, where he goes into all that stuff, like... Uh where it was maybe it's later on he's talking about 
how God deals with people through their pain to help them yeah, turn yeah, exactly. from their sins. Totally. And he's trying to save them from hell. Yeah, totally. And it's like, it, it reminded me of like the oft-quoted scripture that doesn't exist. Where people say, well, God works in mysterious ways. Mm. You know, it has that kind of vibe to me. It reminded me, though, of uh, what we've been reading through the history of Israel, where that did happen. They they did if when they went into to uh the wrong path it 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 wasn't until they experienced a bunch of pain and suffering until they would turn around yeah and uh oh no it's exactly yeah it's actually 33 that made me think of that chapter 33 yeah i see what you're saying totally um he says i'm trying to help you <laughs> i'm trying to help you out man uh, <laughs> all this pain is trying to help you really yeah, and he's got he's got it. He's got the he's got the knowledge. <laughs> Elihu, this is my favorite verse eighteen. For I am full of words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I'm at thirty four here. Um, Elihu. Yeah, thirty three is the one. I forget what it was. That's the one. It sounds like this. A lot of he works in mysterious ways. Talks. Yeah. Yeah, 34 it seems like he's hopping on the uh the bandwagon of accusing Job of some sin. Yeah. He needs to if confess. you'll just turn around from what you're doing that's evil. Uh it'll work out. God does not do wicked things. He repays people for what they do. Uh Yeah, surely bad things don't happen to good people. And and it's this this theme of humanity is inherently evil. Which they're not totally wrong. Yeah. And he says God could return all of humanity to dust if he wanted to. Like right rightfully. Uh, God uh could a God who hates justice really rule supremely? Um no one can hide their evil. Job, you sound like a wicked person. Mm-hmm. And you'll continue to be tested. Your words against God are adding to your transgression. Yeah. Um, he keeps going all through 35 here. Um, yeah. It's the same thing, basically. You think you haven't sinned, but your sin is affecting you. Yeah. God yeah. won't listen to those who say, where is God? And then pray to him, which is yeah. interesting. Which yeah. Which is kind of what jo- we were talking about Job is doing. Yeah. He's doing the schizophrenic Blame yeah. God and then ask him for help. <laughs> but he, but he's being honest. Yeah, you know he's being honest. And I love he ends with uh yeah he says he, he doesn't he like he does not know your transgression, and the very last line he says, Job opens his mouth to no purpose, without mm-hmm. knowledge he multiplies words, but we'll see in a little bit here. God says the opposite. Yeah, he actually accepts Job's. Yeah stuff yeah it's incredible it's the rest of the dudes that he's like <laughs> kiboshes well it's both it's both the uh well we'll get there yeah um, so he, he keeps going all the way uh through 36 yeah, he's this, still this is the best the fourth speech the fourth speech and it starts off just this sums elihu all the way up right here be patient with me a little longer and i will instruct you yeah that's the opening line <laughs> <laughs> I have words to speak yeah. on God's behalf. Yeah, this uh, guy. I know. Get more and more I, I bold lo- here. I love that line too because sometimes 
<laughs> this is the kind of thing where I feel like God would be saying, I really don't want people like you speaking for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. He keeps his eye out for the righteous. Uh, the godless don't turn to God even when he punishes them. Again, that theme of you're being punished for something you did, and basically, mm -hmm. if you'll turn to God, uh, you're not turning to God because you're godless. Um, mm -hmm. You're preoccupied with the wicked being punished, but the judgment is on you. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds right. Mm -hmm. Like if this was true... He would be correct because he is he is halfway they're yeah. they're all kind of right it's like right <laughs> wrapped and wrong yeah. it's so bizarre because job does eventually he does repent um but it's not it's not super clear for what exactly <laughs> Mm. Uh, so 37 he's still yeah. going the end of 36 and 37 though they're gorgeous it's just gorgeous the way he talks about God. Yeah, he's kind of setting it up. He is. He's kind of setting God up. <laughs> they all do. They all say these similar things. Yeah. That people's hearts race when they hear the thunder and see lightning. Uh, God breathes and he makes snow and ice. It's almost yeah. verbatim. God he's, shows he's gonna up. He's going to say this stuff. God's going to say this stuff too. Yeah, which is, which is interesting because the friends, like we were saying, yeah. these guys are, are all kind of totally off and kind of t uh, uh, kind of right. Uh, consider how God controls nature. Can you tell him what to do? Can you do the things he does? This is almost the speech we're about to hear. Mm -hmm. You can't even look at the sun. I love that. Mm. <laughs> there is something so powerful about owning yeah. up to the frailty of, of humanity in our big brains. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you can't even look up at yeah. the sky. <laughs> you should fear the Lord. Okay, now we get to 38. It's the big one. And uh, it's kind of abrupt. Uh, the Lord just answers Job. He shows up uh, out of a whirlwind. I love this. A storm. Yes. Um, it doesn't totally say how this comes about. It just jumps right into it. The Lord answers Job out of a war whirlwind, out of the storm. He says, who darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Um, I, I love that. I do too. <laughs> <You d> <laughs> who is complaining against me uh, without, you know, knowing what they're talking about? And, the, and my favorite, it's one of my favorite sayings in the bible where he keeps telling him to stand up like a man yeah <laughs> brace yourself i love the one it comes stand up stand up like a man and get ready to be questioned for real he says it again in 40 the translation i had it says gird your loins like a man yeah 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 Br brace yourself brace Job. yourself get up here we i go. do that with my kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on now yeah we're gonna get real let's get down to this and i love this it says who is this who darkens counsel because so much of Job's speeches and laments were all about how dark things were, mm. how dark, how things had gotten so dark. And uh, this commentary I read by a guy named Robert Alter just blew my mind because he said, starting right here in 38, and, and 
if you go way back to chapter three, which you did the week before last, mm -hmm. Job gives this kind of death poem where he reverses creation mm. and where he just wants to die and he goes talks about the lights going out and the darkness and right, just right. And, and not everyone to be born. And we're going to see right now in 38, God reverses that mm. and kind of this creation account going from cosmology to meteorology to the natural. And he's going to, he's kind of proven Job wrong, but in a really beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. And so he begins, uh, he, well, first, he's d like we said, he says, stand up like a man, brace yourself, get ready, I'm going to question you. And But the questions are all kind of, um, what's the word? Rhetorical. Rhetorical, yeah. Totally. Yeah, like he's... You can't answer this. He obviously, yeah. he's making statements. So he started, where where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And I love the translation I read said, when I founded the earth. Mm. For some reason, that really landed with me. Yeah. When I founded the earth. Yeah. right. Can you measure it? Who laid the cornerstone when the morning? Uh, this is awesome. Side, uh, it's so every, every word is awesome. trail here. When the morning stars sang in chorus and all mm. the sons of God shouted for joy. That's that's one of my favorite. Incredible. Uh, uh, rabbit trails there. Anyway, keeps on going. Who set the limits on the ocean? Again, these are these are sounding familiar because his friends talked about a lot of this. You told it how far it could go. Have you ever in your life made the dawn? <laughs> I love that. It's so <laughs> over the top. <laughs> yeah. So over the top rhetorical. Have you ever made the dawn? Have you ever made the sunrise? Uh, have you seen the deep recesses of the oceans? Tell me if you know it all. Uh, mm. I love it. He's sarcastic with Job. Uh, you you must understand because you're so old. Oh, I'm still snarky. You're so, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you're so wise, Job. Yeah, you know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Where does lightning come from? Do you know that? What direction does it go? Who makes the rain and the snow? Can you can you tie bands on Pleiades and release cords on Orion? Uh, can you guide the constellations? Who gave you so much wisdom? Can you feed the lions and the birds and the animals mm. and, and all oh of nature gosh. when it's hungry? Uh, 39. I love it, too, in 38 where he talks about, um. oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. He talks about, too, with the storehouses, the storehouses for hail. Yeah. For war. Yeah. Like uh, like against mythological cosmic foes or yeah, something. Yeah, like can you it's fight incredible. Them? And then he says, uh, "Who can tip over the water jars of heaven?" Yeah. And he even sends uh, rain on the barren wilderness. Yeah. Like you see this majesty enveloped in this poem or whatever you want to call it, the speech of his. It's just it's breathtaking. Yeah. And uh, he's flexing his power a little bit. And uh, uh, putting Job in his place, basically. Mm. Uh, keeps on going. 39, 39 yeah. can you help animals Nature. multiply? Can you tame an ox or a donkey? Do you give a horse its strength? Mm. Can you help a hawk soar? I, lo I love him. I love all of it because it's so absurd. It's so He's so outmatched. He, he so uh, obviously knows nothing. 
everything he's bringing up is so over the top. You know what I mean? And like, a lot of the stuff he's going to bring oh. out too in nature is like, it's not all docile either. Yeah. There's some stuff wild here. There's like some violent creatures and it even ends with, uh, depending on the translation, eagles or vultures licking up the blood. Yeah. Like it's a real picture of our real broken, fallen world in yeah, its current I'm, state. Yeah, I'm given really generic sort of passes here on this the descriptions, but yeah. they're all very hyper poetic. Yeah, and, and, the, and the kind of a war horse feel, mm-hmm. and this like the sound of locusts going to battle. Like it's man, it's intense and amazing. Yeah, and so uh, let's see, we get to forty. 40. This is Job's non-response response. response. Yeah. I love it so much. So it starts off, he says, "Will Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct me? Let the person who causes, uh, who has cause with God answer. Mm. So now he's wanting and forcing an answer from Job. And Job answers. He he kind of answers. Yeah. Kind of. I think he's just so overwhelmed. Yeah. Totally. He ha- he can't even. He's like, I'm completely unworthy. How could I reply to you? And I love this. Says, so he put his hand over his mouth to silence himself. Yeah. I I have spoken, but I will say no more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not really a. No, a not t- yet. A total. Uh, no, he's not really. It's. <laughs> Ah, it's just so much there. Like, he, neither one of them are backing down, kind of, yeah. in a sense. And then God starts up again. But he, we'll see. Job will respond again yeah. a little bit here. It's awesome. So he starts up again. and uh, Again, oh. he tells him to stand up, brace yourself like a man. I'm going to question you some more then. Yes. Uh, do you say I'm guilty and my justice is wrong? Are you as powerful as me? Show me your excellence and majesty and glory and mm. honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now God's laying it on. Uh, let me see you bring the proud low and crush the wicked. You go bury them in all their no- all their knowledge, and I'll acknowledge that you can save yourself yeah, and I, when you I, do that. And I love this little section you just read right there. It's like this it's entire time Job has been wanting a court case. He's been wanting absolution. He's been wanting to like be judged worthy or whatever. And it's like God saying, you were right to want that, but you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> like it is with us. Yeah. Like Every you single don't day, know what you're really You don't really for. want justice because yeah. yes. none of you do. Yeah. And once again, everything points to Jesus and it's yeah. so beautiful. And that's why we have Jesus because he absorbs all that. But it's like, here's your court case. You don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on from there to just, wow, behemoth and yep. leviathan. Yep. We get into the, look at the beast I've made. Can you catch it? And then 41, uh, it's a famous one. We start talking about, uh, can you pull in leviathan? Um, wait, was behemoth in 40? Or? It's in 40. But okay. they, they, they kind of overflow each other. Yeah. yeah behemoth. So he mentions two, behemoth and then leviathan. Are yes. these two uh, creatures he talks about? There's different commentaries. Different people believe different things. Yes, uh, all kinds of stuff. And I believe it all. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I, I'll kind of roll with any 
anything and say, oh, that's that's interesting. Well, here's because it starts <laughs> off here. Here's why. In verse 15, it says, look now at behemoth, which I made as I made you. Mm. So that would assume a real creature yeah. that we could know. And a lot of um, scholars think it's like a hippopotamus, mm. uh, maybe a mountain buffalo or a mountain something. Right. But I feel like these this beautiful way it's representing both behemoth and leviathan it's both it's taking this natural thing but tying this cosmic mythological reference to it i think that yeah. the cultures knew yeah and was in there it was part of their whole worldview well not just that it's been part of the story the story too All, they've yes. already been referencing these mythological yes, this creatures. chaotic sea monster this yeah. undefeatable foes yeah that's what i was talking uh, whether real or cosmic who was it uh, i think it was uh, hippopotamus and crocodile sure maybe but also this thing yeah this unknowable this chaos yeah. chaos monsters it kind of sounds like a dragon it points to me Oh, big time! We'll um, get there in a second. We got I got a little thing I want to read. Okay, uh, where are we at here? So, <laughs> so we're behemoth. Okay, it just it's for the hills brings it food. All the animals, wild animals, play. It it talks about its massiveness. That you can't beat it. Can anyone catch it by its eyes or pierce its nose with a snare? Mm-hmm. And then it abruptly turns to Leviathan. That's yeah. where it gets a little confusing. Yeah. They're two different creatures, I think. No, for sure. And uh, then he ch- then he cu- changes the names. Then 41, he says, can you pull in Leviathan with a hook? Yeah. Yeah. Can you restrain it? I, I actually love this. It's hilarious. Can you restrain it and make it beg for mercy? Basically, can you can you domesticate it? Yeah. Can you make it your pet? Answer is no. <laughs> yeah. And he'll go on later and say, nobody could but me. Yeah. Everything under heaven is mine. Uh, the description of Leviathan goes on forever. It's, yeah. It's here's, like super long. And what you said earlier, here's what I, that's why I said I wanted to read this, because you mentioned dragons, and I just, oh my gosh. And this is from the Robert Alter's uh, translation, Hebrew translation. It says, who can pry open the doors of his face? Nice. All around his teeth is terror. His back, rows of shields, closed with the tightest seal. Each touches against the next. No breath can come between them. Each sticks fast to the next. Locked together, they will not part. His sneezes shoot out light. And his <laughs> eyes are like the eyelids of the dawn. Firebrands leap from his mouth. Yeah, right. Sparks of fire fly into the air. From his nostrils, smoke comes out like a boiling vat on brushwood. Yeah. His breath kindles coals and flames come out of his mouth. Yeah. It's like, here be dragons. Yeah, it's like straight up <laughs> Tolkien just oh describing gosh. smog. It, it totally <laughs> is. Like he ripped it off, basically, from Job. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely incredible. It's so good. So, uh, and then it, it, but here's what's great. It ends with this. It says, uh, where is it at? Uh, 40. Crud. Oh, is it 41? We're in 41? Yes. Oh, yeah. It ends with Leviathan, though. It's, he, he talks about it and just its wonder and its undefeatableness and that only he could conquer it and just how big and just gigantic and just overwhelming it is but it ends with him 
it says it leaves and it says behind him glistens awake and it says the last visual sighting of leviathan is of his wake as he churns through the water out of the field of human vision <laughs> it concludes with a wake shining on the surface of the abyss oh, wow. so god's whole speech those th- two or three chapters like starts with i founded the earth and this chaotic sea monster receding with a wake over this abyss right. and it makes me think of genesis one yeah the spirit hovering over the water right it's just i mean it's unimaginably gorgeous yeah it's amazing uh so so 41 basically ends with that yeah with that description of uh leviathan yeah. that's like the mic drop of all mic drops yeah it is and um there's so much there man. and then here's job's actual response yeah uh so job answers 42 he says uh i have spoken without understanding mm. um this is a this is a, an admission. I I feel like now I see you in person and I despise what I said mm. and repent. Yes. And so there there is we've been talking about that back and forth and Job is right sometimes. Yeah. Where he crossed the line exactly, I don't know, but he did. Yeah. He definitely did, and uh, he knows it. And he, and now that he's seeing God. In person, he regrets. He doesn't say specifically, yeah. though. Yeah. Which I, I parts? Like, I've declared without understanding things too wonderful for me to know. Yeah. And I kind of c- take comfort in that, though, of him just being like, I, I was in the moment and I don't, you yeah. Know, I don't know what was, ha- I don't understand this stuff. Yeah. You know, to God. Like, and you, God's you like, obviously, God's know. like, correct. Yes, you're right. You cannot understand this. <laughs> you don't stuff. know what you're talking about. You can't. You're not. You're not capable. Yeah. The finite human mind is not capable. Yeah. And so, it's is incredible, and that's it. After and so then it t- it takes his turn after God speaks to Job. He speaks to his friends. I love it. It's just this short, little, neat tidy up. <laughs> yes. It's so beautiful it's, and it's, bizarre. It's incredible. Uh, I mean, you could read all kinds of stuff into this. Uh, you know, did somebody just tack this on here? Yeah, and a lot of people's just, responses are, are anger or frustration. I personally love it. Yeah. To me, it's very appropriate. It goes through this long, long thing, and then it just, the wrap up is real quick. Yeah. In like, a couple chapters. And here's, yeah. here's what happened. And so God talks to his friends, which is incredible. He says, I'm angry with you because you have not spoken of me and Job what is right. What is right. That's amazing. Again, not super clear. And he and they did many times speak biblical truth about God's character and other things revealed through scripture. Yeah. The entire canon from Genesis of Revelation. Yeah. It's just it must have been just the the way they packaged it, the way they said it, the way they were applying it was yeah. not right. Yeah, especially to Job. Especially to the yeah. brother. And so he, this is incredible. Go make an offering for yourself. That's an, that's an, an unbelievable. And now amazing. he orders, ch- check this out. This is a trip. Mm. This was the like the the one I didn't see coming, and it, he. That's that's the plot twist. (laughs) Yeah, like, wait a second. (laughs) Was this about something totally different? (laughs) 
Job will pray for you and intercede for you so that you are not punished for what you really deserve. Because of Job, you will get mercy. You have spoken wrongly of me and Job. (laughs) And they do what Job asks. So what I'm saying is this thing takes a turn here where it really gets to be about Job and his friends and how they treated each other during this during this uh during this time this time of cl- uh, calamity and suffering mm. and not just how job responded but how job is going to uh, give his friends mercy and yeah. pray for them yeah. and forgive them and reconcile it's like yep. this reconciliation after the fact and it's after he does that yeah that he's restored yeah you'll be restored right job is Incredible. restored after he forgives his friends and prays for them. Yeah, and prays for them. Intercedes for them. Intercedes, yeah. <sighs> so good. It's so good because, like we always say, it all points to Jesus. And he was the one person who took on all of the most unjust suffering he didn't deserve on the cross, absorbed all that evil, absorbed everything we couldn't even imagine, interceded for us, no matter how we treated him. Yeah. It's Jesus. And Incredible. I, I also love it because it's about Job's... Job's not like Jesus, but, but it points to Jesus. But even just the, the idea of, for, of forgiveness or the way he's... Job's, Job's way to being restored, the path to it, is through, through that forgiveness. interceding yeah. for his friends. <laughs> like, there's such a, a, a profound... Uh, <laughs> wisdom there and like ha- your path to restoration is through forgiveness and we were talking in the office the other day like maybe just you said it jason it was beautiful we're like maybe job is just about hey be nice to each other <laughs> yeah, right. it's all this <laughs> all amazing this. poetry and uh, cosmic of course we're being big. light and light and flippant about it but i'm just saying there's something there it's there for a reason i mean yeah, it's the big wrap-up and that's there. that's the turn it takes and so must be important so he is restored it's mm. incredible uh, the Lord restored all that Job had lost. Double, ap- double, double pre- down. After he prayed for his friends, then he gets a double. The Lord doubled all that he had. Mm-hmm. His family came, and they dine with him. They eat with him. They console him. They they comfort him uh, for all that he went through. <laughs> it's funny too, because even there, they're saying that the Lord put him through. Uh, the Lord blessed him. The second part of Job's life, more than the first. He has seven sons and three daughters, beautiful daughters. Beautiful daughters, and this has to be read aloud because it. Ha- it I love that even in this wrap-up, it still ends poetic. And he called the name of the first one Dove mm-hmm. and the name of the second Cinnamon nice. and the name of the third Horn of Eyeshade. What? <laughs> yes. Eyeshade? That's their Hebrew names. Yes. Wow. Incredible. Awesome. And so he lives either 140 years or 140 years from then. I'm not quite sure. But he basically, he lives a long, uh, prosperous, good life the rest of his days. He Mm -hmm. saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. Mm -hmm. He died old and full of days. Yeah, which I believe is also a double. Usually it's the two generations, so four generations. Yeah. 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 And so we died old Incredible. and full of days. So good. My goodness. Um, I know we, could, we we went a little long covering this, but I got to tell you, 
Job, in the past, that's one I kind of avoided. Same here. Because it's just so confusing sometimes, and it's full of this intense, uh, not just poetry, but the subject matter, like suffering, and is God behind it, and this and that. And uh, I don't know, my lens has changed a little bit yeah. about, about reading it. It's not so theological. I don't think, I don't feel like. For me, at least this time reading it, mm. less like a textbook. This is this is how to deal with every yeah. situation. Uh, just a little different, but I, man, I have uh, such a powerful, powerful book. Sometimes it's like, uh, how did this get in here? Because it's <laughs> so, especially the trajectory of the way the stories, yeah. and the scriptures have been going. This one's a wild one, and it's poetic and it's beautiful. And uh, man, I encourage you check it out, check it out, get into get into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, that that wraps it up. We got through Job. Awesome. Yeah, and jump on in. It's never too late. In fact, it's perfect timing right now because this being done with Job means that uh, we'll be starting the Psalms. Yeah, which that's gonna be awesome. Oh, incredible. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ty. It's been yeah, a it's pleasure. So much fun. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back next week. Uh, We'll be on week 28. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.